0: hey guys what's up happy friday welcome back thanks so much for tuning in this week for another episode of the bmuse reviews podcast i'm your host brandon musica as always we're going to analyze review and discuss the latest news and dive into the past regarding movies music video games and much much more if you don't already be sure to follow us on instagram and tiktok at bmuse reviews and tune in to the b Reviews podcast each week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, we thank you very much for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment down below, and also hit the bell icon to receive all notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast goes live, as well as all the other video content. If there's a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send them to bmusereviews at gmail.com with podcast question slash topic in the subject line. Let's not waste any time and get right to this week's news. Welcome everyone to the News Reviews Podcast. (music) Topic number one of today. Joker Two is reportedly in development. Not surprising at all, since considering it was one of the most profitable movies for a studio in cinema history. Really, it made over a billion dollars after only costing approximately, I think, sixty-five million dollars to make. Um, and also, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, he chooses his projects very carefully. You know, he's not going to just jump into a project just because. Oh yeah, well, you know, it's you know, it's Joker 2, so we have to do it. You know, it, it, there's there's no reason he has to do anything. He, you know, it's the the first film was announced as a standalone film. And, you know, nobody really expected, you know, anything other than that. They, you know, they really didn't know what to expect with the first film when it first came out. And so, you know, I think the fact that it made as much as it did, you know, has the the studio... You know, really considering the fact that it made as much as it did, the studio is not going to not pursue a sequel. There's really no risk really involved here. I mean, there's some risk obviously, but the the reward seems like it definitely outweighs the risk um, in this scenario. It, the first film made over a billion dollars and knowing how comic book related storylines and movies perform in the box office, look at no Way Home, for instance, most of recently. These films gross over a billion dollars, it seems like time and time again. And so with Joker number two on the way, I, I don't see any reason why the studio would not pursue this. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. absolutely loved the first film. I remember going to see it originally and walking out as most most of you, I'm sure, did. And just absolutely had to take a moment to really process what we had just witnessed. Very, very strong psychological themes that played throughout and, and also tying it back into how our society treats a lot of individuals today. It just had so many great societal themes tied in to the film and I think that it made everybody think on a deeper level which all, I think all great films should do. And all great filmmakers create that bond with the audience through those films, such as Joker. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the potential of Joker 2 has. I mean, really, it has the potential, honestly, to be better than the first film. Um, And not many sequels are able to accomplish that feat. But the possibilities that... The first film opened up for this next sequel, upcoming, the possibilities are absolutely endless. I don't think we'll see any uh, Batman appearance in this film or anything, it's, it wouldn't make sense. The, the first queen that we saw was about you know eight or nine or you know, maybe 11 years old at most, and I, I would expect this film to take place around relatively around the same time, so I don't see it. tying it to batman at, at all but that doesn't mean that other villains can't appear other uh characters that we've come to know from the comic book so we'll have to wait and see very much excited to hear that this is in the works not surprising as i said based on the amount of money that the first one made but very very much looking forward to seeing what this next film brings and like all of you i'm excited to see what the possibilities are and where the story goes from there now topic number two. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is on the way. This will be the final voyage for our beloved Galactic crew. Now, according to the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy series, the upcoming and highly anticipated third installment will be the final film for this crew that we've come to know and love. James Gunn himself has come out and said, uh, "Quote: I this is the end for us. This is the last time people will see this team of Guardians, end quote so i i will say it's absolutely immeasurable the on-screen chemistry that this specific cast has within the guardians series and that's ultimately what has propelled this storyline and these characters to just really become not only household names but beloved characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe overall across the globe. And it's personally sad to hear this news, but ultimately as well as I'm excited for the future of possibilities as well. Who knows where these characters are gonna pop up? Even though this is the end story for this crew in particular together in one film, in one story, that does not mean necessarily that certain characters might not meet up and and or team up in future films or projects or simply appear for in small cameos for instance who knows but the possibilities are endless in the marvel cinematic universe and moving forward in what is now a few months away in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness who knows what's going to happen who knows I mean, the possibilities are endless and, you know, its it promises hold up, it's it's going to be absolute madness and chaos, so who knows what's going to happen. This film is set to be released on May 23rd, 2023, so we do have quite a bit to wait for this film. Not sure how this is going to tie in, uh, exactly where this is going to take place, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, it is uh, a little bittersweet to hear this news. but unexpected, you know, not surprising since I think James Gunn originally did say that, uh, you know, three films is ultimately how he would like to tell this story. Simple, concise, and ultimately giving fans and his vision the ultimate grace. Topic number three today, Steve Carell and John Krasinski reuniting for If. The film also stars Ryan Reynolds, Alan Kim, Kaylee Fleming, Academy Award winner Louis Gossett Jr., Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and Fiona Shaw also are on board. It will be written and directed by John Krasinski himself and produced by both Krasinski and Reynolds with Ryan Reynolds' company Maximum Effort. The reunion of Steve Carell and John Krasinski comes approximately 11 years since the duo first appeared on screen together as the characters we all know from The Office. Michael Scott and Jim Halpert. Krasinski also directed multiple episodes of The Office, so this will not be the first time that he's directing his former boss. So it's exciting to see. This film has already a star-studded cast. Again, Ryan Reynolds, Alan Kim, Kaylee Fleming, and Academy Award winner Louis Gossett Jr. This film has a a wonderful cast, and obviously John Krasinski will uh, appear in the film as well alongside his former co-star from The Office and former boss, Steve Carell. I mean, with a cast like that, it makes it so much easier for the director, I'm sure, to have everyone rounded up and just, hey, play ball, do your thing. You know, yeah, this cast is absolutely fantastic. I am very much looking forward to seeing what this film brings. There is a possibility of it going to Paramount Plus. We'll have to wait and see what the announcement regarding that is. Could be in theaters uh, and or streaming, we'll have to see. But really don't need to know much more about this film. Um, the cast alone sells it for me, personally. With with a cast like this, it makes it, I'm sure, so much easier on the production side of things to allow the these wonderful actors and actresses to just do what they're best at and show their talents on screen to the fullest extent and I'm sure each and every one of these individuals will surely do that in this film. Very much looking forward to seeing how all of these actors and actresses and develop their chemistry and see all that play out and how that plays into the story as well. Now, topic number four today, The Book of Boba Fett. We've been reviewing and recapping the series so far, so if you haven't seen the series, I would highly suggest you just skip past this part not going to hurt anyone's feelings just skip ahead Uh, any information you don't want to know feel free to skip ahead now episode five we saw the return of mando the mandalorian return Jinjaren returned and wasn't sure how or what was going to occur in this episode first two episodes you know we were getting the foundation of boba fett and getting more layers of his backstory how escaping the sarlacc pit him developing his roots and also his team that is essential for him to thrive and to remain atop his throne in Mosaspa. Now the third and fourth episode gave us more of this backstory and you know four episodes into a seven episode series we weren't really sure where the story was going. And now with this episode we saw an epic, epic duel with a Darksaber. Jinjarin still has the Darksaber. Now I will say this episode was filled with a bit of member berries. Revisiting some old scenery, some old characters. Fixing up the Naboo Starfighter was awesome, I will say. And also Fennec Shan delivering Boba Fett's offer to Mando in person as well at the end of the episode. So we did get the official tie-in at the end of the episode seeing how Mando returns to the series well, debuts in the series, I should say, and how he ultimately factor in to Boba Fett's plans moving forward. Now, episode six, there was still no Boba Fett at the start, and we continued with Mando. We also saw the return of Grogu, not to mention Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka was, I would say, the serving of member berries for this episode in particular. It was great that Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano appeared on screen. Always happy to see her in that character's appearance. However, in this episode, it was almost, I would say, unneeded. You could have had pretty much anyone in that particular scenario, but I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. Always great to see awesome character's appearance, and we also saw the return of Cobb Vance as well, Timothy Allifance character from The Mandalorian. Now, in this episode, one complaint I will say that I did have is that Boba Fett only appears for approximately 30 seconds to a minute and has relatively no speaking lines, maybe five to 10 seconds of speaking lines in this episode. It's still a great episode nonetheless, but it's just, it's drifting in so many directions that it's almost hard to pinpoint exactly where the main story is going. I think that it's introduced a lot of interesting themes and concepts and the backstory of Boba Fett I thought was going to be the main focus of this series, at least in the first season at least, tying the backstory of how he survived and meeting Fennec Shand and and developing his way through Tatooine and and ultimately how he found his armor. We still don't even know how he found his armor, you know? So I, I it has a lot to tie in and to tie up, I should say. It has a lot to tie up in this upcoming finale. In this episode, we also saw not only did we see the return of Cobb Vance, but Cad Bane also arrived. He is here, ladies and gentlemen. Cad Bane has arrived. Both of them duel, and Cobb Vance was shot, and he fell to the ground. Doesn't look like he was mortally wounded, still looked like from the individuals from the town rushed over to his aid, and seemed like he he might still be alive, getting him quick medical attention, but I mean, this does set up for a massive 7th episode finale. Uh, it, It is hard to believe that the series concludes next week and i think it's going to be difficult to properly tie up all of the individual storylines that they've introduced in this first season so far i mean you have the pikes which is ultimately i think going to be the the end of the series with some sort of battle and or declaration of some kind between the pikes and Boba Fett on Mosespa's territory. I mean, it's going to come down to that, I believe. We also saw Grogu and how he's going to factor into this last episode. I'm sure that we're going to see at least his decision of what he's going to make. But that was proposed at the end of the episode, choosing between Yoda's lightsaber and also the gift that was given from Mandalorian. There's so much that they have to tie in. Where's the mayor? The mayor, they still have his messenger, I would say, and, uh, in, ca- in captivity. Uh, we saw him for a brief appearance. So the, the mayor may factor in to this last episode. And ultimately, now you have Mandalorian factoring into this. And Boba Fett should be the main focus of this last episode, at least I would hope. We'll have to wait and see. There is a lot they need to tie in, but it's been great to see what they've done so far. They've introduced a lot of great characters and they've reintroduced, brought back a lot of great characters from The Mandalorian as well. I have faith that they'll they'll knock it home for this last episode. It's just going to be a big challenge to properly tie in everything that they've introduced so far. But again, we'll have to wait and see. It's next Wednesday, coming up very soon, and uh, in next week's episode, we'll be sure to have the review of the seventh episode, the big finale that's on its way for The Book of Boba Fett. Now today, topic number five, sticking with the Star Wars talk for just a little bit, fans want more Star Wars projects directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And rightfully so, I would say I definitely second this notion fully. If we can't get a full length feature film directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, I would happily take more episodes of the book of Boba Fett in the future and or possibly Mandalorian season three. If she is uh, has any plans of directing an episode, I know production is in limbo right now, I believe it's it was halted. I'm not sure if it has begun up again. I know that she did direct episodes in the past of Mandalorian, two episodes to be exact. She directed chapter four from season one and also chapter 11 from season two. So she has the experience in the Star Wars universe so far and also the directorial experience overall. There is no reason why she wouldn't be able to knock this out of the park. A full-length feature film in the Star Wars universe directed by Barsalas Howard, I'm fully on board with this. She's Hollywood royalty overall, too, being Ron Howard's daughter. There's so much experience that she's gathered so far, and the most recent episode that she directed in the Star Wars universe, being Chapter 5 of The Book of Boba Fett, has fans jump in for the opportunity and the idea Of Bryce Dallas Howard directing a full-length feature film in the Star Wars universe. Right now, the fan rating on IMDb for Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett directed by Bryce Dallas Howard has a 9.4 out of 10 score from fans. So that alone shows the amount of approval that Not only the episode got over with fans, but also ultimately her vision as well for bringing the script and the scenes to life on screen and translating that to fans in a way that is not only believable, but also unpredictable at the same time and just emits all of those emotions that Star Wars properly does when when executed correctly, I would say. And I would definitely like to see more projects directed by Bryce Towers Howard in the future, especially if they take place in the Star Wars universe. And with that brings us to topic number six, the first trailer released for the upcoming Halo series. It debuts a first explosive trailer, a lot of action packed scenes, and gives fans a lot to look forward to. The series looks action packed and includes plenty of nuggets for fans in the trailer itself. Introduced an intriguing story as well, I would say. Excited to see where the series goes, uh, we saw Cortana and a lot, Master Chief obviously in the trailer throughout and detailing the war with Covenant and seeing what that might bring on screen and it's going to be uh, exciting. The series was going to bring to life a mega grossing video game franchise that is loved by millions around the world. I myself grew up playing these games, as I'm sure many of you have as well. I think the series is going to be very successful. It's going to have the opportunity to continue for uh, many years, done well, and executed well I would say. It's set to release on Paramount Plus March 24th, 2022, so right around the corner next month to be exact. So lot to look forward to with this series, we'll see. I think it was about 9 episodes in full for the first season you can check out the trailer as well online and with that brings us to topic number six Ron Perlman still wants Hellboy 3 to happen now as much as I was a fan of the first two Hellboy films and still am Hellboy 1 and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army I don't see this happening as much as I would want it to Ron Perlman himself is now 71 years old and Although he and fans themselves are behind this idea, it's it's just not going to happen. Guillermo del Toro says following about the third installment, and I quote, the hard fact is this movie is going to need about $120 million, and there's nobody knocking down doors to give it to us. It would be great to complete the trilogy, but in a way, I don't see the world, the industry, supporting the idea, end quote. Now, in early 2017, Del Toro did tweet to fans and said that he would arrange a meeting with Ronald Perlman and studio executives if hundred thousand votes were reached on Twitter. And after a mega response online, the meeting did happen as promised, but Del Toro later wrote, and I quote, sorry to report spoke with all parties must report that 100% this sequel will not happen, end quote. And a lot of times now you, know, you see fans voicing their opinions online and wanting to fan cast and sometimes successfully so as we've seen in no way home and other projects as well unfortunately with this film i just don't think it's one of those cases as much as i would like to see it i would love to see a hellboy 3 i was a big fan of the first two films i said the first film made 99 million worldwide on a budget of 66 million and the Second movie made roughly $168 million worldwide on a budget of $85 million. So these films were profitable, even though the third film has the potential to maybe do the amount of money that they require, as stated, $120 million, and nobody's knocking down the doors to give it to them. And I understand. Unfortunately, it's, it's just not going to happen as much as uh, many fans and Ron Perlman himself would like to see it happen. And with that, brings us to topic number seven, Home Team, the most recent Happy Madison production on Netflix. The solid Kevin James comedy, the film is based on a true story regarding Sean Payton, now the former New Orleans Saints head coach, and the 2012 NFL bounty scandal, which saw the coach suspended the entire duration of the NFL season. The movie stars Kevin James, Taylor Lautner, Rob Schneider, Jackie Sandler, and Kevin James' brother, Gary Valentine. To me, Kevin James' brother absolutely steals the show in this movie he's hilarious I anything that the guy does anytime he appears in a kevin james film he always always makes you crack up the guy kills me he, he's hysterical um this movie's fun all around i would say it's a great movie to watch with the family and a movie just that uh, everyone can watch and enjoy together so I highly recommend everyone checking out home team bmuse reviews approved with that brings us to topic number eight dream theater's new album now this new album features a compilation of 1985 to 1986 demos. so it's nothing it's nothing really new. it's just unreleased demos before. However, this album is definitely worth checking out so I wanted to talk about it. The band, if you're not familiar includes Chama Young on bass, John Petrucci on guitar, Jordan Brutus on keyboard. James Labrie on vocals, and Mike Mangini on drums. Now, with this album specifically taking place in 1985 to 1986, this was at the time when former drummer of the band, Mike Portnoy was with them. Mike Portnoy is a well-known drummer in the music industry. Mike Portnoy also reunited with Petrucci and Jordan Rudis recently in their band, Liquid Tension Experiment, which is a side project, which released its third album April 16th of this past year. It features Rudis, Patrusi, Portnoy, along with Tony Levin as well. Now talking about Dream Theater's new compilation album, some of these songs are just insane. Another one, holy bass. You wanna talk about bass? Listen to this song, Another One, on Dream Theater's new compilation from their demos from 1985 to 1986. You can listen to it on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can get music, iTunes. The song, Another One, the bass in this song is just killer. Another song, "The Saurus." Absolute melodic guitar and scent throughout the entire song. It's transcending. It's an absolute gem to listen to. I'd highly recommend checking out that song. My personal favorite song on the compilation record is Cry for Freedom. That song just kicks ass the entire way through. Such a great song. Highly recommend checking that one out as well. The school song, All You Imagine is Flying Down a Highway at 100 miles an hour listening to that song. I mean, that song kicks as well. The song Too Far, I and mean, this song will absolutely melt your face off. So be sure to take that into consideration before listening to Too Far from Drink Theater on their new compilation record. And lastly, Your Majesty. Slap it the bass, man. Like, beginning riff is absolutely sick with the bass again. John Young is nut with the bass, so. I highly recommend checking out these songs, their new album is fantastic, I, I cannot recommend it anymore. If you're a fan of Dream Theater or have never checked out Dream Theater, I highly recommend checking out their music, and this is a great way to start. Now topic number 9, I just wanted to touch on the upcoming content, which we're going to see on YouTube. We're going to be doing some movie reactions, uh, which will start off with some random picks of movies that I haven't seen yet. As well, we're going to see some gameplay videos coming soon, diving into the vast collection of retro games. Pixel start off random, and then I'll play games that you guys pick out from my collection for me to complete. And that just about wraps up this installment of the Beam Music Reviews podcast. I'm your host Brandon Musica. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Beam Reviews. Be sure to listen every week on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like, leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell icon to receive notifications that inform you exactly when our podcast goes live and all other video content. As mentioned, in addition to Beam News Reviews podcast, we'll be doing movie reactions as well as diving into the past regarding retro games. So be sure to stay tuned for much more. We'll be back next Friday with our next episode of the Beam News Reviews podcast. As always, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh,